Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. November 18th, 2023, episode 89. This is an update on the status of the flood sport endeavor. And basically, during the time that I was injured after attempting, well, after rescuing about a little more than half of the rainwater that I actually was able to capture in ponds lined with tarps, um, my my legs gave out. I suffered an extreme, uh, but not necessarily permanently or deadly injury. But under the circumstances, uh, it was very it was very scary, and there were a lot of other secondary uh, negative effects that were happening. But basically, I've bounced back. I'm back to 100 percent. I'm walking again. I have my full strength back, and I'm very grateful for that. And the irony is that what caused the injury was overexertion to try to rescue that rainwater that I captured before it just all evaporated. So I was vigorously retrieving it, and that led to this serious injury. And uh, (laughs) finally, now the reason I'm recording this is that it's been... Yeah, it's been it's been over a little over a couple of months now. Uh, maybe, well, I guess since uh, late August, it's been a it's been a while since the the, uh, the, the the that major tropical storm happened that where the injury occurred, and I had to sit there unable to walk, knowing that a little less than half the water that I captured was just going to evaporate because I could no longer get to it because I couldn't. I couldn't really move much. Uh, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. I could barely move by crab walking, and I barely survived. And I was barely able to heal and recover. <laughs> but just now, as of this very early hours this morning, another significant. But it was. I mean, it was a fraction of the, of of the time and volume of rain that that tropical storm was. Back in August. But it's uh, it was enough for me to be excited like it's Christmas morning, knowing that there's got to be something out in a tarp that I that I left out, and uh, and lo and behold, yes, there was something somewhere between fifty and a hundred gallons, probably a little a little closer to fifty than a hundred, but something in that range, and that's and it's, I looked at it and I said, wow, this is almost the exact amount that I lost being unable to stand and go and and finish um putting into storage containers that are that are sealed from 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 evaporation so this morning i was thrilled that i survived to make it to the next rain event and i was thrilled that because of the um because of being debilitated with with uh, life-threatening injuries, the moment I was 
not able to walk, but able to crawl and move around without my legs, but with full strength. Basically, there were two major pillars knocked out of my life. But there were other ones as well, other smaller ones. But the biggest ones was, biggest ones were total loss of strength, head to toe, maybe 5% of normal strength from head to toe for a month or two almost during the, the intense, more intense stages of the injury. And then also for most of that time, being unable to walk or stand. So for what came back first was my strength so that, so that I could drag my legs around and get a few things done that I, well, get a lot of things done that I couldn't get done before. But that, the limitation was, what if I can't reach it? And I can't, and I, for a long time, I couldn't pull myself up to even reach anything. Now, okay, maybe if I build some 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 scaffolding <laughs> of sorts, I can drag myself around, pull myself up. So that's how I survived. And that's my, that was what allowed me to use my my new drill pump for the first time, which I will explain more in detail in a minute. I, I think I spoke about it before, but... When I was only half recovered and I had strength but no ability to walk, it was very difficult and, and and exhausting, to say the least, to get out to where my rainwater catchment uh, systems are located just with arm strength alone. I adapted some interesting, some interesting innovations in order to achieve that. I'll, I'll skip those for now, but um, but I, I knew, I said to myself, you know what, the worst thing I could imagine besides being as messed up as I am and, and, and dying out here is is that I'm, that, that I lose more rainwater than I already lost to evaporation. So when, as soon as I could get myself back out to this, to to where the tarp was, had dried up and is starting to kind of break apart from the anchors and luckily not fly away. I got to get back out there and I got, and I've got to, uh, decide, do I leave it in place or do I, do I, do I add extra security to it so that it just stays there because I don't know when I'm going to walk again. And if I can at least get out here and get back, then I know that I'm going to capture some rainwater and that's going to extend my survivability. So, and also get me a little bit of revenge for having lost <laughs> what I lost last time. So I did make the decision that it was worth the risk of the tarp getting damaged by coyotes or that it, I mean, now that it's in the cooler months, I figure there's going to be less severe far less severe UV damage from the sun just because of the angle and the hours of sun per day so I can get away with it being out and exposed a little bit more. Plus, I'm thinking, well, you know what? It's covered in sand and dust, and that kind of eats up some of the volume of the catchment. However, that probably helps protect it a little bit. So, you know what? I bought two of them, and this is a science experiment. If I do the same thing with both of them, I don't really have anything to compare so I kept, out of the two that I have, before I lost my ability to walk, I was, I was limping 
but I was able to get one of the two tarps folded up and put in the shade. So that's that's the control group in this experiment. It's out of it's it's out of risk. It's set aside. And I said, yeah, if I can regain my strength and my ability to walk, then it will be deployed again next time it rains. Otherwise, if I can't move and it's not deployed, I'm going to be really sad. That's why I said to myself, you know what? This is a very interesting opportunity to kind of do this. You you lose half of the upside potential, but you prevent the worst possibility of, of 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 having no no benefits so a lot of analogies to um trading the markets if you will there's there's something to be said for getting to a point where it's not about how much more you you gain it's about not losing what you have so for for me to decide yes i've put away one of them i know it's safe and secure so i know i don't lose both of them by leaving them out and having them both be damaged and base or punctured and therefore be completely useless and unusable for their intended purpose and they were about a hundred bucks each so if i if i put a hundred if i keep a hundred bucks safe and off the table but i leave a hundred bucks at risk there's two things that can happen one it could fail because of being damaged by wildlife or the sun and therefore I'm out that hundred bucks and I have and I'm out half of my ability to capture rainwater. Or it could hold up to the elements and to the wildlife and it could do another added benefit, which is actually actually possibly get me more water than I would have had than I would have otherwise, because whereas before I would have said to myself, first drop of rain you hear on your roof no matter how hot or cold it is you get in your gear whatever's appropriate for the weather and you go out and you unfold and deploy two 20 by 20 foot tarps no matter how windy and stormy it is and anchor them down uh, without getting blown away and catch it and try not to catch all the water on yourself that you're trying to catch with the tarp in the process which can be deadly in the winter if you get soaked yet i have rain gear but it never really works i mean there's other people who would admit that it's <laughs> it's rare if you got to get stuff done that you don't get drenched somewhere if not multiple places if not everywhere um so there were times when i did defy injury and 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 comfort to deploy these rainwater catchment tarps under under extreme weather conditions now i say to myself you know what after what happened and i was spared if i can recover from this to whatever extent i better not push it again meaning back off of the cavalier i'm gonna be the storm fighter that uh defies everything in order to do this it's like no just just gamble a hundred dollars that you're going to lose that tarp leave one of them out and let it work for you and not have to think about it and let it catch that capture that rain and when it fails you'll pack it up one time you won't have to pack it up and redeploy it over and over again the way i did which was very demoralizing and exhausting when you think it's going to rain and it doesn't <laughs> it rains a few, literally a few drops for five minutes and then stops 
after you put in all this effort and, and great risk too because you can trip and fall just the other day i found a baby scorpion and this is unseasonably late for it to be out and about and in the daytime no less i probably disturbed where it was chilling underground is why i'm hoping that's <laughs> i'm really hoping it, it wasn't just hanging out for fun um but that it was somehow somehow disturbed but uh I'm yeah I'm I'm, I'm reminded I sh- I wish I was constantly reminded but I was reminded by that yeah there's there's n- the the possible the chance of of um things going from bad to worse out here alone erring on the side of caution moving slowly deliberately and not in a frenzy that's how this is that that's how I'm going to survive I can't I can't I can't think oh I'm in order to survive I have to be an extreme athlete out here doing things in an extreme athlete manner might be what kills me when I could have survived by being a little bit more like a tai chi master <laughs> so the taoist humor in this is that uh yeah the the water that I lost by overexerting myself I was able to to recoup once I recovered from those injuries and learned some lessons and and gave myself permission to just leave one of the tarps in place and surrender to the outcome of that but do it with a a 50% sort of um safe and 50% at risk philosophy which can apply to to other area, other areas of life um So the fact that that tarp was in place the rain occurred in the middle of the night and I, and and not only was was I not 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 only would I not have been stoked to get up and go try to catch rain that I didn't think was coming and that I imagine I mean most of the time it's a trickle and it's a teaser and you get a few drops and you get excited about it and then it stops and that was that So it was a magical thing because when it started pouring last night even if I was even if I hadn't had that life-changing injury or that paradigm-changing injury where I say to myself don't don't try to be a hero if you didn't you know if it wasn't comfortable you didn't have advance notice there wasn't daylight you couldn't do it safely basically if i can't do it safely i'm not going to rush to do it after what happened to me but because that was in place and it was there i could i felt very comfortable very secure very happy knowing yeah i could risk my life and go and try to put another tarp down now that it's starting to rain but i don't know how long it's going to rain for i don't know how much it's going to be but no matter what one of the tarps is in place so if i get lucky and there's a lot but i was smart and safe and didn't go out and risk my life and life and limb to go put on another one at least i have something at least i have a half so and that can that strategy can scale out if i had 10 i could have i could put out 5 or some or some configuration uh some ratio uh given whatever whatever logic you want to apply to it but because i have two 
I kept one of them safe, one of them out. <laughs> I, I just successfully retrieved essentially the amount of water that I had to surrender and give up while debilitated and it, and it evaporated a couple months ago, a few months ago. I got it back and I, and I said to myself, you're gonna, you, you, if you're safe, if you're careful and you heal, don't, don't worry too much, you'll have a chance to get it back. You will eventually get it back. So, so I got it back and I'm celebrating that fact. I'm very thrilled about that. And what I have to uh, give credit to is, so the irony was that I, I, I put myself, if I would have gone to the hospital, it could probably be somewhere between twenty dollars and $200,000 to have the hospital just go through the motions of the price tag of dealing with what I was dealing with. And... I, and that injury was caused by me attempting to save a pennies worth of worth of water when it comes down to it, a couple of bucks worth of water if I had to buy it. But the whole point is for me in this experiment of survival to not just live off the land, but start to cut off the tentacles of the supply chain that are really not sustainable and that I don't feel morally and ethically in alignment with. And that means some sacrifice, and that means some hustle. So, yes, I put myself through between I put myself through orders of magnitude more cost at at risk of medical expenses to save two dollars worth of water. Was it worth it? I said to myself, if I survive and I and I get a hundred percent recovered, then I will say yes, it's worth it, because the water that I did recover is the water that's going to keep me alive out here for for a good amount of time. And and what Jeff Lawton said is, you don't need to capture all the rainwater. Or I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly how he started it, but he, but basically the point is. You don't have to, you know, what matters is that you capture enough rainwater to get you through to the next rain or the next rainy season. And that really clicked with me. And now I realize, like, I may just very well be in the zone of where I can capture enough rain to get me to the next rain event, big or small, and averaged out over time, over a year I may never need to go back for water again. And that was the goal, but I didn't realize, I didn't think it would be as, um, what's the word, um, as close within reach as, as it really actually may be. Of course, it all scales based on how much, how much crops you're growing, whether you take showers or sponge baths and what season it is in, in terms of how much water you need to drink to stay hydrated and cool. But what I'm discovering is that uh, I'm at the very austere end of things, bare minimum, basic survival, no extravagance of water usage whatsoever. And I have let all of my crops expire in order so that I could go into a mode where any water that I currently still have and any water I capture, it's got to be set in reserve for my own survival usage. And that meant importing 
dried vegetable products, dried food products, canned food products, and it really hurts and breaks my heart to have to shut down that that aspect. But this is where from the permaculture and survivalism sort of continuum, self-reliance to, to self-sufficiency is one way of looking at it. I had to collapse back into this pure survivalist mode, which is eating out of buckets and cans and dried and long-term stored food and whatnot, because it is a scenario for me personally, given the state of the world, the epidemiological state of the world, the the geopolitical state of the world, I do not want to go out and put my health and my finances and my legal status at risk. I'm on my land. If I can stay here and survive and not leave, that's what I'm going to do. So that that's why I say the value of that rainwater, it's not just that it's $2 to buy water, it's that it's hundreds of dollars to play ball with the DMV. It's thousands of dollars if anything goes wrong. It's all of the, it, it's everything that stacks up when you set foot off of your property line and therefore enter the liability vortex of criminal tort, uh, all these all these things I'm learning about in my legal studies that, that I, I, I give myself constant horror, horror show studies in, in law, and I'm studying a lot of different law aspects now just to be fully reminded why I never want to leave here or why I would never, why I now want to really think deeply about any move I ever make again in a jurisdiction that is not land that I own. <laughs> or in a in a uh, relationship to the state that is not land that I own, and that's not me being one of those flippant folks that I will not uh, reference by title. There's a, a subculture that has a certain title uh, that uh, I'm not trying to invoke here, but for me personally, this isn't just a I called man versus permaculture experiment. There's a lot, there's just more and more at stake the more and more I understand about that world out there that where you put every, you put everything at risk by participating in it in any way, shape or form. And the fact that you can still buy land and be le- relatively left alone there, that, for me, I'm like, God damn, I'm, I'm happy to die here, but if I, but I'd love to live and if I can live and never go back wow the the things that i the, the the extremes that i would go to in order to never suffer the indignities of being within arm's reach of the man you know like you if the man wants to come out here they're going to have to make a day of it they're going to have to do a little bit of planning i'm not saying anything threatening I, i'm just saying no i was just basic on the books totally status quo legal legalese i have rights on my land that i do not have in the outer and in, in in the in public <laughs> so that, that's pretty obvious but uh but it's worth noting because the psychology of what that rain water is worth to me and and what this whole process is about liberation freedom Avoiding all those traps. I 
maybe rescuing that $2 of rain and putting myself at $20,000 worth of medical risk to do it is worth it. it. The gamble was worth it. And now that I made it through and I'm alive, what it, I, I have lessons to contemplate, but I did not get bankrupted and I didn't lose my land and there's no lien on my land. <laughs> I don't have medical bills. I, I'm not saying this is advice because everyone's got to do themselves. But for me, I don't want to lose what I have, which is very humble. I'm willing to work really hard and smart and learn hard lessons in order to continue on this path of dignity and freedom and liberation in partnership with the elements. And it's very lonely sometimes, but I'm willing to, to, to um, endure that sacrifice as well. So to wrap up here, the real key factor, the key factor that has kept me alive and allowed me to heal and recover, and the key factor that allowed me to reclaim the lost water from the last rain and feel like this came full circle, and I was able to do what I came out here to do and what that whole now multi-year rainwater catchment design and implementation system as humble as it is, the evolution of that experiment came full circle today when I captured that rainwater. And that key factor was this thing called a drill pump, which, <laughs> ironically enough, Taoistically enough, if I would have had that $15 drill pump in my toolkit, I never would have got injured. I would have been breezing by that storm in August and breezing by getting all that water up literally with zero effort other than the amount of effort you would put into pushing a shopping cart. Because, so this is, this is great. I, I, I earned this moment of indulgence in hilarity and mild self-deprecation, but very seriously, I got to figure out how to make this into a, a simple Taoistic kind of fortune cookie. But, but it has analogies that that are that are that are apt as far as it's neither fortunate or unfortunate. Basically, time will tell whether whether something tragic reveals itself to be something that actually pre prevented you from a worse tragedy. So. On that note, yes, the lack of the $15 drill pump device was retrospectively the single most important factor in what led to my life-threatening injury that almost brought the show to a close in terms of my whole life and everything I'm trying to do out here, which is what I believe to be the most important work of my life the most which I take the most pride in this $15 device which I did not have and the fact is it was just a random chance because it could have been the first item that I discovered or 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 not but what I ended up purchasing previously was a basically the idea is I need I need a
affordable 12 volt water pump system that I can use to to um, to bail out literally as an alternative to myself bailing out hundreds of gallons of water under extreme conditions, which is what I ended up having to do because the pump that I bought to protect me from that danger failed, the motor died, and it was not efficiently using the electricity I was providing to it from solar panels or and or a, uh, a battery backup system. But basically, the bilge pump, it was just the, the wrong tool for the job because it, it needed more power and it, it's better suited to be kind of bolted in place. And it has, a, it has a totally different application. What is the right tool for the job is something that is portable, lightweight, efficient in terms of its energy use. And what that, what that ended up being was this drill pump which I believe I spoke about before, but now I've released a number of videos, or at least a couple of videos showing it in action. But I now, not only did it save my life because it allowed me to attain water when I water for myself from my own tanks that I that I that I that I had topped off, but that I couldn't even reach, that I couldn't walk to, and I couldn't reach even if even if I could even crawling to them, I couldn't reach them. And walking to, the, I couldn't walk to them. So, <laughs> but this drill pump allowed me to force multiply. And what it is is basically you take a hand drill, just a regular electric drill. And for me, it's battery powered. But if I had a, I I do have a a, a corded drill, but I I don't have the um, my solar power system is not. Is, is not strong enough to sustain um, more demanding uh, motors, shall we say. So, But it's fine to charge batteries, all kinds of batteries. So, yeah, I've got a, I've got a fleet of batteries. I've got my, my drill set and a cordless drill set. So I was able to discover that there exists these devices that... Uh, in all my years of landscaping, I never came across one. But they're useful in gardening landscaping applications. In fact, they're fitted for hose, for hoses and whatnot. But basically, imagine that if what a pump is doing by... There's many different, many different um, designs that, that solve the problem, the mechanical problem of getting water upslope, <laughs> typically upslope from one location to another um, using a, a mechanical device that uh, either you operate yourself or you... Basically, there's so many different um, layers of potential mechanical advantage that you could apply with, with simple um, physics and there have been there have been so many different designs of water pumps throughout the ages. Um, my my design constraint is it just has to be twelve volt and it has to be efficient, lightweight, portable, etc. So the so the idea that this 
function of a, a water pump that's going to necessarily, in a, in, a, in, in a system of water flow, in the absence of, of uh, these, uh, you have to basically burp the, the air bubbles out of the, the, the line, the hoses, the tubing, whatever it is, uh, and once you have that done, they call it priming the pump, you have some water some water in place on on the on I'm not gonna go into defining all the characteristics of priming the pump because I'm not a I'm not a master of that that science at all at all scales, but the idea is there are different different ways to to get water upslope and to apply mechanical advantages electrical and otherwise that make your job easier and uh can yeah get you out of all kinds of situations and for me get captured rainwater from a low point to where i need to get them into into storage tanks and uh the absence of that destroyed me a couple or a few months ago. Now that I have that $15 device, which luckily I discovered and had delivered to me, uh, along with life-saving half a year to a year's worth of supplies, but that whole epic, I, I discussed that previously, but it wasn't just, for me, it wasn't a, getting anything out to me is an, it's it's a major ordeal and it can only happen once or twice a year. I used to go out and do it. Now I have people deliver to me once or twice a year. Is is what it's is, is where it's at, which I'm happy about. But that means you really got to know what's breaking, what could break, what you need to replace, what you can afford, because it's yeah once or twice a year. Imagine only shopping once or twice a year. You really got to think about what you're going to get. So the key item was this drill pump. And it's a tiny thing. It fits in the palm. Basically, it fits in the palm of your hand. And you attach a drill to it. To it, it's got a little, a little uh, rod in the middle. And then you attach hoses to either side of it, uh, hoses or tubes to either side of it. And then you pull the trigger on your drill. And if you primed it, and it's not just sucking air, but it's actually it's not just sucking bubbles, but it's sucking straight water from one end to the other then you have the, the the job can get done and and I was praying that I would be I would be pleasantly surprised and it would work well it wouldn't just break and fall apart because it's a, I'm like that's a cheap part it seems like how how quality could it be for that price um so I gamble it was a gamble and I was living on a prayer with it but I said if, I, if this thing can work not only is this what I need to survive this injury, but this is what I should have had to do flood sport. I should not have been bailing out water from the bottom of these pond pits and hiking them up and over to my tanks and then lifting them into the top of the tanks hundreds of times in the big in the in the hottest heat wave in record in known history. That's what I that's what that's what destroyed me. And now I could have been sitting there with this drill pump doing all the work for me. And all I had to do, like I said, is stroll with the shopping cart, basically stroll with the cart with 
from getting the water out of the out of the pond into a cart and then rolling the cart to my storage tanks. That's what I did today. And that's what what this Taoistic sort of uh, six sense of divine humor is. Is that uh, yeah, it's funny that I put myself at however many orders of magnitude of medical dollar amount risk in order to rescue two dollar a dollar or two worth of water. That whole story is is a Taoist sort of fable on it, in itself, and then in addition to that. All of that would have been avoided had I just had a $15 device. Now that I have that $15 device and it's proven itself not only to get me through my acute um, injury recovery phase, but now actually do the work that I that I wanted something to do. I wanted a pump, not knowing all of the different types that were that could fit my parameters finally stumbling upon what I wish I what I now wish I would have had to start with would have prevented the injury but more importantly now the fact that I can walk I have my strength back I feel 10 years younger and the uh, the, the 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 adjustments I made to my diet and the introduction of certain new um, enhanced dietary practices which I've spoken about before now I don't have to think, oh, I wish I could go back in time and have done it right. Now I get to look forward to having to already now having the right tool for the job, having my my body back better than ever, and knowing that it's going to rain again and again and again, and for a very small amount of money, but a lot of pain and suffering and time and risk to understand what the kit is now I know what the kit is to do this and it's actually extremely affordable I mean let me let me enumerate what's in this kit right now <laughs> I'm not selling it I'm selling it to myself let's just take one one module of this system a 20 by 20 foot 16 mil tarp, approximately $100. Uh, between, let's see, say four, four and eight, but let's let's call it eight. Very, uh, I, I don't remember the specs right now, but eight, I guess it's what, three inch carabiners. I don't, yeah, I don't know exact the spec, but they're the, they're the thicker. They're about half inch thick, maybe three feet tall carabiners. So to be safe, a minimum of of eight of those, which is just a few dollars, really. Some paracord, which is almost free, <laughs> but only another another few dollars to have paracord, and then some scrap wood. That's the system of being able to secure, anchor, secure and anchor the rainwater catchment. The cost of a shovel to dig the depression out to lay it in, and then a few dollars worth of tubing, and that fifteen dollar drill pump and and a drill. Assuming you probably have a drill, but even if you had to buy it, 
it's we're looking at def between whatever i'm not look i'm not writing this down i'm not even doing back in a nap, napkin i'm saying this is probably 250 to 500 dollars at the high end but at the low end maybe even between probably around 250 per per module of this and then it scales with all you need after that is more carabiners more more paracord and uh and 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 the tarp but the drill you'll have the drill pump you'll have and you'll probably have long bulk quantities of uh of uh paracord and um yeah you 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 save in bulk with anything and i got a pack of these 20 carabiners and they're <laughs> probably one of the coolest things that i have in my in my humble inventory of uh of tools and utility devices and whatnot but the point is this is probably got to be one of the most efficient in terms of energy and cost rainwater catchment systems that you could possibly use um doesn't require roof catchment if you have that then you don't need any of this stuff i'm out in the middle of nowhere with no structures and a clean slate of land and no clay in the soil which means i would have to import bentonite clay in order to seal the ponds eventually i want to do that but for now i gotta capture as many drops of rain as i can if i can do that with some paracord some carabiners some scrap wood a tarp a drill some tubes and a drill pump and some some buckets i guess i'll throw that in there too you need some buckets and i have this nice cart now but basically you don't even need that depending on how you set it up but the idea that no one on earth would ever need to die of dehydration if they had a few drops of rain coming down and they had even ways to makeshift what I'm already makeshifting. So I'm I'm not saying this is going to win a Nobel Prize. I don't know if it has any merit in terms of what is what's what's touring the circuit of green technology right now. I mean, to me this is just this is just MacGyvering with it with the what would normally be for me in a pre-COVID world, this would just be an afternoon at Home Depot and 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 then another afternoon hanging out on, on the land. This was a lot more um painstaking of a process than than it than it would have used to been because of certain limitations and trade-offs that I signed up for and that I'm normally thrilled about but sometimes you know i mean i don't have any second thoughts i don't regret this this is exactly by the book by my book in terms of i mean you're not always going to get it right sometimes you're going to be lucky and get right sometimes you're going to be think that you should by the textbook right and reality wrong whatever but the the innovation process as messy and ugly and sometimes deadly as it can be i mean think about yeah i mean everything that we take for granted someone probably died or was was injured in the process of the research and development of so let's pour one out for all the people including me who have risked life and limb 
to come to the most profound scientific discoveries and engineering discoveries and even the most humble. But at, but at the end of the day, the, that's the kind of bravery we got to reward more so than the kind of um, violence that's being, that's so rampant in the world today. So in the spirit of peace, in the spirit of um, living in balance with each other and the earth, I, I'm glad that I survived. I'm glad that I can walk again. I'm glad that the where in this journey, at this checkpoint of this journey, I, I because of what I've learned and because of th- that was the price. I sometimes in some ways I work dumb, not smart, and 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 hard, not smart, and whatnot, and I learned. But but that's the whole point of gaining wisdom is that sometimes, you know, sometimes you you're able to, to kind of cheat by learning from other people's wisdom, and sometimes you got to learn the hard way on your own. But then you give other people the, the the ability to cheat, and not have to endure the suffering and pain. But I know for myself, looking around at what I've done out here, the fact that I've installed. I don't know now I can't remember how many between five and seven of these rainwater catchment potential systems where all I need to do now is scale in with more tarps and I really I know that even in that whatever it was a couple of hours of a downpour last night that was if that was enough water to last me for the rest of my life if I scale this system out and I have plenty of acreage to do it so why would I ever go back to fluoride and in the water and ever go back to forever chemicals and hormones from people's pills that never go away and paying for it even if it's so artificially low cost because the fuel to transport it is not cheap. Therefore, that two dollars it's not two dollars. It's 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 all of the it's all of the the risk that's on the table by going back out into that world and it's all of the gas it takes to transport it everything it, it, even if I had a, a a well which I don't even know if is even would work out here I don't know if that if people other people around me do even have wells but to me that's just a single point of failure it's <laughs> we may be in a drought but it's never going to stop raining on this planet not for a very long time and even if that was the only rain that I got for six months, I can stretch it for that six months. That's what's that's what I'm learning. That's why it's worth it to me. And I wouldn't roll back the clock and prevent the injury. I would I would ride through it again as painful as it's been. Because that pain, when I pick up that $15 drill pump. Looking at that, I see my own cardiovascular system and what I put it through. And in the absence of a tribe to collaborate with, where we have a a dance party and we all put in our little bit of effort to capture that rainwater, I had to do that all on my own. And I'm not a martyr for doing it. I'm not a hero for doing it. I'm just trying to survive. But with that little bit of mechanical advantage coming from that drill pump, I look at that and I, I feel like I'm holding my heart or a second heart. This is what's going to, this is my heart. This is my, the hydraulic system of my lymph and my, my veins and arteries that exploded 
and almost killed me with dead pools of internal bleeding, extreme hemorrhaging, that this little device can, did save my life, has saved my life, and will continue to save my life until that tribe exists, and maybe it never will, so I'm not going to hold my breath for it. All I care about now is that that $15 device can be somehow upgraded with stronger, better materials, maybe be all the plastic replaced with stainless steel. Now I want to become the ultimate drill pump investor and, and an entrepreneur and engineer because of how absurd of a up-leveling of my life that is. And most people, I mean, if you're just an average contractor and you're like, yeah, I, what are you talking about? I got five of them, you know, in a, in a, in my one of my utility racks in my utility truck or whatever. I don't, you know, we go through them and they don't, we don't need anything fancy. Well, for me, I want the ultimate drill pump and the drill is interchangeable, but that drill pump, I want it to last... I want it to be, I want it to be to resist corrosion. I want it to resist UV, and I want a fleet of them, because with that exterior pump, that exterior system that force multiplies my biological system, which was almost destroyed and killed. Cheers. Cheers to the design of the drill pump and may it not be so uh, obscure <laughs> for for other folks trying to solve these problems. And if I can have anything to do with it, I will. And um, this is really important and really powerful for me because this is the full circle moment. There's... It's, it's this experiment, this development of, um, of problem solving, this process of problem solving. I don't want, I'm not going to say it's smooth sailing from here on out, but I will say to scale from a point of success, that was not guaranteed until today. Yes, I captured rainwater with tarps, but I almost died trying to get the rainwater out. <laughs> so I could not say I could, it's smooth sailing and I can just build and scale from this point of success indefinitely. Or even out, even, even to replicate this, even to replicate on the scaling that I'd already done. But now, I mean, I even had a spring clamp, those clamps that you would use to, let's say, they look like big metal uh, clothesline, um, what are those called? Uh, clothes, clothespins? I think they're called clothespins. Basically, you have some, a, a spring-loaded clamp that when you let go of it, it holds itself tight at one end, and when you squeeze it, it opens up, so you, whatever you clamp between there, alligator clips is another example in, in electronics, um, or electrical circuitry and whatnot. So, so I, <laughs> I literally sat there and like, okay, here I am, holding the trigger on this drill pump, and 
this is the only fatigue I'm experiencing now after all the hell I went through before. And this is not the most earth-devastating, environmentally unfriendly device. It's a tiny little thing. If I could get better, more sustainable parts for it, I would, but it's a miracle. It's a miracle of a device. And the only suffering I'm enduring now using it after all what I've been through is just the endurance of holding the trigger. And then I thought to myself, you know what? If I could only fit one of my one of my um, spring clamps onto this thing to keep the trigger depressed, I could literally step back and watch the flood sport experience in front of my eyes with literally only having to exert the effort of pushing a shopping cart, as I said before. And, uh, and that to me was the point of scalability, the point of saying, I didn't need the power grid. I mean, as long as I have this equipment, I, the power grid, as long as I, as long as while the global supply chain and the, 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 the power grid of the outside world and everything, it, everything in the outside world it took in order to get this equipment to me, it's the most sacred thing because this equipment, this assemblage of kit, I could have in boxes, I could have in shipping containers, I could have in storage units, doesn't matter. This kit is an elegant methodology to survive off of rainwater and to scale that modularity across the landscape so that you're not just hydrating with to your own needs as an organism, but supplying hydration to an entire ecosystem. If the foundation of the ecology, the designer ecological landscapes that I'm going to be curating for the rest of my life, I don't want wells. I don't want water piped in. I don't want poison water piped in. I don't want the single point of failure and the extreme expense of wells. I want to capture rainwater and I want to do it without being reliant on structures in place to capture from the roof. So what does that mean in the absence of clay to build natural ponds with? It means some form of barrier. And if a if a if a if a hundred dollar tarp can do the job of a five hundred to a thousand dollar professional pond liner then that's the MacGyver hack. Cheers.